Ellen here, and you're listening to The Growth Tribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Growth Tribe podcast. I am so excited. Today, I had the opportunity to sit down with Kelly Barnard, who is another person who I connected with through the Remote Year community. And man, can I just say, I think the best part about doing this podcast is tapping into the genius of other people, their experiences, how it has informed their life and some of the tools they've used to really dramatically transform themselves. I'm benefiting so much from having these conversations and I hope you guys are as well. Uh, This conversation in particular was really, really interesting because Kelly and I really talked about all things freedom, how some of the choices she was making and some of the things that she was doing in her life weren't giving her the freedom that ultimately she craved and how she had to make the choice and the decision to set some boundaries in her life and to give herself permission to create a life for herself and not for other people. And ultimately she's taken that passion, that insight and that transformation and taken it to impact other people's lives. She has gone from a marketing consultant to now a career coach. And today I'm really excited for you all to hear our conversation about creating freedom in work and in your life. I want to apologize ahead of time for the fact that I have some a little bit of echoey audio. I was in a call booth and didn't realize until after I was done how echoey the audio would be. So on my end, my audio is not great, but don't worry, we're going to be making changes with that in the future. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this conversation featuring Kelly Barnard. Uh, Hey everybody and welcome back to the Growth Tribe podcast. I am here with another interview for you guys. All the remote ear interviews coming in lately and it's awesome networking with all these people. Today I'm here with uh, Kelly Barnard. Uh, She is a marketing consultant and career coach so we are probably going to vibe a lot over the coaching thing but welcome Kelly. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Yeah thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. I was like, as soon as you said left your career to kind of pursue your coaching passion, I was just like me and this girl. We are on the same page. We are going to get along. So I'm very excited to kind of hear about how you made that career change and kind of the role that personal growth played in that process for you. So to kick things off, could you tell us all a little bit about your background and your, your journey so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have 15 years of agency marketing experience um, in the U.S. in Chicago, San Francisco, and San Diego. uh, Consumer marketing, so I've worked with brands like eBay, Maytag. Uh, My most recent client was LinkedIn. Um, So big jobs, big budgets, a lot of pressure. Uh, Mm -hmm. In a lot of cities. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, very expensive cities. Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually loved it. I was really lucky. I stumbled, not really stumbled, I guess. I was more purposeful about getting an internship my senior year of college mm-hmm. and fell in love with marketing and advertising because it was both using my left side of the brain and right side of the brain. And I never questioned my career. I mm-hmm. just was full, kind of full steam ahead. And that's why I changed, changed jobs and changed cities because I wanted to get that next level of experience to make myself a more well-rounded marketing individual. Mm-hmm. So like I said, uh, diverse clients, um, diverse, diverse mediums. And all of a sudden this last year, I would say through, through traveling and creating a little space for myself because I have historically always been so committed to my job at, at a, at a, sacrifice. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't like using the word workaholic. 
Um, cause I, I think like that word either. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it, de it definitely has a lot of stigma to it, but I mm -hmm. think if you're really passionate about your job and you are an entrepreneur, it requires yeah. a certain level of commitment and hours. Um, mm -hmm. but I was too committed to my job and not for the right reasons. Um, so traveling really gave me, I think, additional perspective on what was important to me in my life. And that started with health, um, and just also having more flexibility in my schedule. So, um, yeah, so at the end of March, just this past year, I quit my agency job where I was uh, working with an agency outside London and supporting LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an incredible experience. I, I love being a part of a team, but I was really excited for that next adventure. And through traveling, I met a great group of people that saw me as a professional and it really organically happened. People were asking me for professional advice and I started helping people with their resumes and this thank you note and preparing them for this interview and hey, I'm getting an offer, like can you help me figure out what sort of salary I should be discussing? I'm like, yes. And then uh, the support system basically encouraged me and said, this is what you should be doing. And it was crazy because I would have never considered it otherwise and really just took that leap, quit my job. Um, I, I miss those people dearly and always will. I'm still in touch with a lot of people I've worked with um, at the different, different agencies, but first time going out on my own without a real technical job or safety net, and, mm -hmm. which is scary, but I've absolutely loved helping people one-on-one. -on -one. And mm -hmm. so I have, I have no regrets and kind of taking, taking that step. Awesome. There's so much about what you said that like totally resonated with me, but I love the fact that your career change, I feel like, you know, for so many people, their career change is motiv motivated out of like a dislike for their old career. And that's not what it was for you. It was kind of this like organic transition. So I find that like, that's awesome. And like you, you mentioned though, that there were like, there's obvious scary part about mm -hmm. leaving behind the security and the comfort and all of those things that go along with the, the standard job. Do you think that was the scariest part for you? Or what do you think was the scariest part of making that change to being self-employed essentially? Yeah, great question. I think there's a few things. I think one is I'd finally worked my way up enough in the corporate ladder where I was in a, I was in a financially secure place and I hadn't been there long. So I was questioning like, do I, am I really ready to leave this sense of stability? And I was, getting paid the San Francisco salary. And so for me traveling, I was able to save a lot for the first time in my life. Like I've never really been able to historically save for my future self, which makes me feel, I've always felt irresponsible in that way. And then mm -hmm. kind of walking away from that paycheck felt irresponsible in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but I really weighed the, the benefits of having that flexibility and freedom that I started to get a taste of and then knew that that actually made me happier Mm -hmm. than the than the secure paycheck and I was confident enough in my ability to know that I'm ambitious I'm driven and I knew if I really put in the effort that I could create a, a new career for myself that was sustainable mm -hmm. um, but because my priorities changed I knew I didn't need to make as much money to be happy or to live live somewhere wherever that might be and just just technically not in San Francisco especially mm -hmm. in the short term yeah <laughs> um, so that was the one, the one risk and fear is just that financial um, kind of safety net, kind of walking away from that and being okay with it. The other one is I had 15 years of marketing experience. So I came with, uh, I had a level of confidence and credibility. And because this career change, becoming a career coach, like you said, did happen organically, I didn't have and still don't have the certification or certain things mm -hmm. that a lot of like resume writers 
or coaches have. Um, but I've worked with over 50 clients in just a few months and the feedback's been incredible. So I think I'm just using my, my instincts, my storytelling capabilities. Um, and coming from a marketing background, I know the power of like every word when you're trying to position yourself and that's really what, what your professional profile is. You're telling a, a, a professional story, but people forget to tell the personal one, which I think is what sets, what sets me apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally it's just, that. yeah. So that was the fear of, of coming into this new, this new world and not having that instant credibility that I had from 15 years of, you know, marketing and advertising experience. Mm-hmm. But I think every client that I work with or gets referred to me, it's a reminder of, the certification in some, in some ways doesn't matter. And it's just that, that, that belief in yourself. So even if I get a new client that's in a different career or excuse me, industry that I haven't worked in or is maybe more senior than me, that's okay. I think I just have to kind of like uh, put aside those, those fears that I'm not, I'm not ready or I'm not worthy mm-hmm. um, and just trust my instincts. And so far so good. Mm-hmm. I love that you said like not ready or not worthy because I feel like when I was getting started because I just started my business this year as well and that was something that came up for me a lot and I think the more I got into it and the more work I did in my business I realized I've been working with a branding coach and she says all the time she's like what is your zone of genius because everybody has one everybody has something that they it's so inherent to them and they're so just naturally good at it. And if you tap into your zone of genius, anybody can benefit from learning from you. It doesn't matter, you know, how superior they are to you in the grand scheme of, you know, the professional world. They can learn from you. You just have to figure out what your zone of genius is and tap into that. And I love that you've been able to do that for yourself. And yes, that just that worthiness piece. And I feel like, you know, this is something that I've run into as I've been doing the coaching thing is, you know, I came from a science background, you know, very, very, the initials after your name is a big driver of, you know, how much respect should I pay you in this field? And there's a big part of me that struggled with the, the almost like the coaching isn't a real career kind of thing. Have you run into that at all? And kind of how have you managed that? No, I mean, I think I felt that way, mm-hmm. but it's been incredible in talking to people. I think coaching is becoming more, more accepted, more common, more mainstream, more aspirational. I think people are, I think as people become more self-aware and realizing that there's, there's more to their current, um, the current life, like people are just like, I think craving more in general, they realize. Mm-hmm. And the, and also I think people are now getting more and more comfortable asking for help mm-hmm. and it's all very much connected. And so I think coaches, I think have an amazing opportunity to tap into, I think those, those macro trends that are, that are happening. And, um, I'm hopeful for both of us that that's, Mm -hmm. that that's true. (laughs) And that makes it easier, I think, to have, you know, conversations with people that previously might have been, um, hesitant to do so. Mm -hmm. How do you, how did you manage to get work through that whole notion just for yourself that this isn't a real career compared to where I came from? Did you find that difficult? I think it was more about the, I, I, my, so I set my intention in 2018 as freedom, um, for, for lots of different reasons, but I think I, I just mostly prioritized that. And of all the experiences I've had, this one did feel the most natural and it mm-hmm. would provide that, that, that flexibility. Um, and I think every day or every client that I work with, it just further solidifies that I'm on the, I'm on the right, that I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I ever questioned, am I, am I, am I ready? 
Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is I think uh, a lot of my friends and family, I think are still, they really look up to me and think I'm brave and I'm fearless for, you know, traveling for, you know, a year and a half now. And I don't, I don't see it as such. Um, and I think I've been an inspiration because I'm doing something that's not traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those same friends have suggested like, Oh, you should be a life coach, which I find funny because I'm still, you know, I'm 37 and I'm still, I think, figuring out what I want to do when I grow up and I'm <laughs> really happy with where I am now versus where, where I was just recently. Mm-hmm. And I would say I don't feel qualified to be a life coach, um, mm-hmm. even though I'm making the right choices, choices for my personal life. Um, so I think the coaching aspect, it, for me, it didn't, it didn't, I wasn't hesitant uh, because of those certain, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. stigmas. It just felt really natural to me. And I think I'm on this, you know, you talked about this journey of personal development and mm-hmm. I've definitely been on one traveling, especially with remote year. And mm-hmm. it just felt really, really true to where, to where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. I love so much of what you said. I'm just sitting here. I could ask her about this. I could ask her about this. <laughs> Actually, something that's sticking out in my head is the fact that you said I, you went into this year with the intention of freedom. And I remember a few years back, I did something similar. It wasn't, you know, like this grand New Year's resolution of I'm going to do X, Y, Z, but I kind of almost like picked a word at the beginning of the year. And it was, I'm going to let this word color everything I do. And my word that year was fearless. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love that approach to kind of the actions that you take and the way that you're growing. Like has freedom been a very, very intentional thing for you throughout this year and and kind of how have you how have you like manifested freedom over the course of this year because I find that really really powerful yeah I mean I think um what's been tough for me is my most of my life has been being in so my role specifically at the agencies I've worked at was in client service Mm -hmm. so my you know 60 plus hour weeks was dedicated to other people whether that was to a client um, or to my team. And that was really important to me. And that's where I got my, my sense of worth and satisfaction. And mm-hmm. I think this, you know, taking us taking a step back and um, away really from, from that life through traveling, I was able to kind of reprioritize the focus on myself. And I think I'm still learning what that, what that is, you know, what I need. Um, mm-hmm. And so freedom for me became the freedom and permission really to do what I wanted and what I needed without the obligation or loyalty to others. And I still mm-hmm. feel that. And I still kind of work through that sense of guilt or because mm-hmm. um, so much a part of who I am is in service of others. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I think my, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a cancer and then I'm an INFJ and so much of that is ba- I'm in my, INFJ you know. too. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I'm, like I said, I think the freedom was really about just choosing me first, which I don't mm-hmm. know that I had, I've done definitely in my, in micro moments or with certain decisions, but that was, has not been, has not been the theme, uh, of my life to this point. Um, and so I think it just comes down to daily choices and feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. more comfortable saying no. Um, mm-hmm. and just being, yeah, more purposeful in my decisions and really listening to my, my gut. That was something that I drowned out for a long time for, for various reasons. Um, 
with different decisions. So I think I'm just learning how to really strengthen that, my instincts and that muscle. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been an amazing guide. So it's really just the freedom to choose whatever, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it really, it really does come down to daily actions. I think one of the most difficult things that people struggle with from that perspective of like putting themselves first uh, is uh, like boundaries, essentially, like setting boundaries around the fact that like this time is my time. I like, I still love you friend, but I'm not going to prioritize you in this instance because I have to prioritize myself and realizing that like, if you establish those boundaries, it's weird at first for people. Yeah. But they eventually grow to respect them. Mm -hmm. And like, how, how did you find navigating that process of, of, of really setting those boundaries for yourself? so that you could have have this freedom of, of prioritizing you like was that difficult to navigate particularly with you know setting boundaries with other people yeah i think it's a really interesting and good question i think i think because my friends have a really great sense of who i am and that i they know that i always come from a place of good intentions and i maybe i've i've given a lot historically and have they would never, I would never ask them to say, oh, do you, do you recognize that I always put you first? Like that I would, I would not. But I think now that I, long story long, one of my <laughs> old coworkers and good friends says that, and I, I love that. So I tend to borrow it from time to time. Um, Cause I realized I was just going to go probably down like a long rambling tangent um, <laughs> is I think to shift that dynamic and create those boundaries, it really came down to me and how I responded to certain requests or asks. And so I just, I had to empower myself to say, to say no. And one thing I just actually talked about with a friend just yesterday is not always giving a reason why, like that's not, that's not a requirement. I felt like I always had to justify mm -hmm. and still feel like I do. So it's more of an emotional <laughs> conflict that I feel when mm -hmm. saying no to something. Cause I want to be that, I want to be that person that, that's always there for everyone when they, when they need something, even if it's social, because mm -hmm. I do struggle with, um, you know, the fear of the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Um, but on remote year, they just recently reintroduced this, this concept called, um, Jomo, mm -hmm. the joy of missing out. And I had never heard that before. And someone else definitely coined it, but I, when I start saying no, I now feel more confident and empowered to do so for those, for those reasons. So mm -hmm. my friends have been super understanding and they actually, the ones on remote year have been encouraging me to say more, more, uh, to say no more, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which just sounded weird when I said it out loud. Uh, <laughs> they know that I, I over, I overcommit. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I get, I'm either get anxious or I'm just too exhausted and I'm not, you know, focusing on my business, which is, which should be my first priority. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. if, that, if that all makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, I feel like as coaches, too, this is something that so many coaches struggle with because our whole premise for what we're choosing to do with our life is we want to help other people and empower other people in whatever, you know, aspect our particular coaching empowers them. Like that's, that's our whole thing is about others. And sometimes it's difficult for us to remember we have to step back and do things for ourselves. I love that whole notion of, have you heard the airplane mentality? No, do tell. It's, uh, it's basically like you think about how when you're doing the safety briefing on an airplane, they always tell you, put your oxygen mask on first mm. because you have to be properly oxygenated to help others. 
when you're in an emergency situation on an airplane on an airplane and essentially airplane mentality in the rest of life is put your oxygen mask on first you have to take care of you before you can probably properly support others and i feel like that's that's a tricky thing for you know people who are empaths people who are coaches when our so much of us is uh focused on others and like simultaneously with that you talked about jomo and that was something that came up at the very, very beginning of our remote year experience. And I remember I was blogging my way through early remote year and I wrote this blog post called Opportunity Versus Overwhelm because mm. that first month of remote year is opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And it can be exciting, but I'm an introvert. So it can also be very overwhelming. And like, how do you manage wanting to connect with the people in your life and in your community when you're doing something like remote year right. where it's just like you want to grab the experience with both hands and just wring every possible moment out of it that you can but how do you manage that with taking time for you and i feel like you've had a very like common theme so far throughout the story you've talked about of just the people in your life supporting you and i think that's wonderful. Like, do you feel like, I mean, so much of what you talked about, your career change, you know, prioritizing yourself, all this stuff. Do you feel like that's been one of the biggest things is that you've had this great support network for you? Um, absolutely. I would say the remotes I traveled with, um, the friends I've made through the program and the ones even back home, I think are, they just, they see how happy I am and know that that's what matters. Um, cause out of all my jobs, I was so overworked. I, I, at several, in several roles, I became a shell of myself. And, um, I think they were sad to see that, but didn't know how to help, you know, stop the train. Likewise, I didn't, I didn't either. And eventually, thankfully that had happened. Um, I think the hardest one and they, they're, they're coming around, but it's my family. And mm -hmm. I think it's, it's because, you know, I lived in, I lived in Chicago for eight years and I never, I never thought I was going to leave. I absolutely loved it. And then my sister had a baby, uh, the cutest little kid, a little, a little ginger, a little redhead. Um, and she now has two, two little boys who I adore. Um, and so when I moved to San Francisco, I moved to San Francisco to be closer to my family. And then remote year came up and I had only been in San Francisco for a year. And, and I basically was like, bye. You know, I just, <laughs> And they were really confused because they never thought I was going to leave Chicago. And then all of a sudden I was in San Francisco and they felt like it was just a, just a tease. And I love that year that I had with them and I miss them every, every day. And so I think they're still curious of where am I going? Um, and they, they are supportive because like I said, they too see how happy I am. But mm -hmm. I think because I was home at one time and now I'm not, and I don't know when I'll be back in San Francisco long-term just because of, of how expensive it is. And I don't want to take the kind of jobs or roles with that level of pressure to be able to afford a certain lifestyle there. Um, that's, I think where the support is, is growing, but it's not, it wasn't immediate and I understand why, why it hasn't been. And so I just, I would say I had probably the best conversation I've had in a, in, in a long time with my sister this past weekend and just opening those lines of communication. And I need to better explain what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And mm -hmm. I need to understand where they're coming from too. And I think as being part of being a coach, it's, it's being more open and honest and being an amazing communicator. And one mm -hmm. thing that I'm working on is I've always been a great communicator professionally, mm -hmm. but personally less so. 
Um, <laughs> yep, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I always been a kind of a contradiction. So, mm-hmm. so that's one thing. Yes, I do have an amazing support system. I have an incredible family, um, but that's one thing that I'm working through with them of this kind of like new lifestyle mm-hmm. of being a little more nomadic, um, where there's definitely a level of uncertainty, especially when it comes to just my physical location. Mm-hmm. I think that's been that's been challenging for for them. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like in some odd way that kind of talk ties back to boundaries too, because like I, I experienced something very, very similar. I was in graduate school in Michigan. I moved back to Michigan or from Michigan to my hometown of Seattle um, in August of 2017. And then in January, 2018, I started this year of travel. And one of my reasons for, I left my graduate program and I moved back home was because I realized I was doing something I hated and I was 3,000 miles away from all the people I cared about while I was doing it. So I told them I, I'm leaving because one of my reasons is to be closer to my family. And then I left to go on remote year. And I, I mentioned this in one of the other podcast episodes I did, but my sister-in-law's little brother at a family gathering for somebody's birthday essentially kind of called me out and was like, I thought you were coming home to be close to your family. Now you're leaving again. And it felt like almost like he was questioning my integrity But at the same time, I was just like, no, these are two very different things. This is me doing something for me, something I've always wondered about, something I've always been curious about as a a lifestyle. And if it's something that I would enjoy, I'd done the graduate school thing and I knew I wasn't enjoying it. And it was like realizing, giving yourself the freedom to make that decision and setting the boundary that you, even if the family doesn't fully understand, A, yes, communicate it better. But B, don't feel like you can't do it mm-hmm. until they fully understand it. And I think that was a rationalization I've had to make over the course of this year that, yeah, my family's grown to support what I'm doing. And they're really happy that I'm as happy as I am. But when I left, I think there were still a lot of question marks, like of people just not getting it. But you still do it for you. Like you have to set the boundary in your head. Like these people love me, even if they don't get it they'll get it eventually. They'll get it once I get it. Like, I feel like my why for why I'm doing this has changed over the course of the year. It's not curiosity anymore. It's growth and challenge and change and how empowering that is to know that you can navigate it and giving ourselves the freedom to make that choice and, and to have that uncertainty from the people in our lives that we love. Like it's kind of the the risk you've got to take sometimes to give yourself what you need and what you want. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, I think that's like, that's what I I feel like this freedom, like freedom in your work and freedom in your life, I feel like is, is ultimately the undercurrent and the theme of of this conversation we're having right now. And I love that we've kind of veered all over the place, but I'm actually really, really curious about, obviously you're starting this new business as a career coach. You had a, a lot of success over the course of the year working with, you said what, 50 clients? Yeah. I might even be closer to, I mean, 60. So like every, every I've, I've, yeah, I've been really lucky. I'm getting about two new clients organically every week and I'm just now working on a, a marketing strategy because my goal is to obviously increase volume. And, um, I think my niche is really helping people with a creative or marketing background since that's, mm-hmm. that's my background and that's where mm-hmm. I can be the most helpful and the most efficient. Um, mm-hmm. so that's basically my, my next focus is growing my business specifically to that, that audience. And then mm-hmm. I know there'll be like a halo effect for other people that I, mm-hmm. that I can also help. 
That's awesome. Like I admittedly, I struggle with marketing. They don't teach marketing in biology programs. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> that's not something that comes natural to me, but uh, I'm interested in what with the clients you've worked with, you know, within the marketing space or not, what do you think are some of the biggest obstacles that your clients are facing to ultimately creating that kind of career they want? Um, well, since I'm, so the work that I'm doing right now too is more, I would say, I don't want to say tact, too tact, like the word tactical comes to mind, but I think that kind of down, downplays what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically take a look at someone's, uh, professional portfolio holistically. So their, their resume, their LinkedIn profile, you know, how they're uh, positioning themselves in cover letters, even thank you notes. Um, cause I think those are underrated and really, really important. It can be a powerful tool to differentiate yourself in their really, really hard to write. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just, anything that really relates to content is what I, I have found to be right now what my sweet, what my sweet spot is. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> I've noticed two things is, one, people, um, which I think I shared with you previously, people don't recognize how <clears throat> successful they are or where they've been successful. Like a lot of resumes mm-hmm. are really just a list of job duties and job descriptions. Like this is what I did at this job. And I think mm-hmm. what I specialize in um, or what I've been really great at is really brainstorming with a client. And I do everything via video. Um, Cause I think it's so important that I get a real sense of like who they are, mm-hmm. um, which can be powerful. Um, but changing that and having them see what that, the impact of that project or that thing they did really had, you know, mm-hmm. so it's more achievement oriented and that way that their content has this natural energy to it that it didn't before. Um, and then I think also people have a really hard time editing themselves. Um, and I think, you know, we know as, we know as marketers, um, we know as just individual people, when you're speaking to someone, knowing your audience and being relevant is always important, um, regardless of what space you're in. So especially so in a resume. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people have a, hard, have a hard time recognizing what to keep in and what to take out. So mm-hmm. I have that really editing eye. I'm not obviously as, uh, I'm not biased, I'm, in, I'm impartial. Um, so that's one of the two things that I think uh, clients have a really hard time doing is seeing the achievements they truly had. Um, and then also, editing down to what's most important and most powerful and presenting Mm -hmm. themselves professionally. Um, And then again, telling that holistic story. Cause one thing that I love doing is writing someone's bio, which uh, I think people have a hard time doing also um, Mm -hmm. because they use a lot of words like I'm passionate, I'm dynamic, I'm, you know, results oriented. I done that and I continue to do that. I think that's even what's on my current resume. um, (laughs) But people are so much more special and unique and, and fresh than that. And I mm-hmm. think we, we, we have a clutch of using certain language and certain words in a resume. And I just kind of start with a clean slate. And I think sharing a little personality and using words that are uncommon on a resume, I think are, uh, is what really helps a candidate stand out from the typical, the typical noise we all tend to use because it's just natural and more comfortable, but I like challenging myself and my clients to be like, okay, I know you said you're ambitious, but what does that mean? What does that mean really? Um, and let's think of a different way, a different way to say that. I love that. And it's kind of like, you're almost like the resume rule breaker. Like don't, <laughs> don't be like, cause I feel like that's what I struggle when I'm, you know, writing cover letters and writing resumes. Um, cause I just like, I feel like people, 
think it's almost narcissistic to like play themselves up and talk about themselves and really, really like get to the meat of the shit they're good at. But it's like what we need to do in that career sense. And we need, I think we need to be fired up and, and, and enthusiastic and, and maybe break the rules a little bit if it's something that we care about. And I love that you, you challenge people to use those unconventional words. Like, can you give an example of maybe how somebody, if they were saying, I'm passionate, like how, what's a way that they could play that up? Would it be like giving specific examples or, or like how could they go about doing that? Yeah. I mean, so one example, um, one client I was working on just this past weekend, he wanted to use, uh, he wanted to use the word passion. Mm. And, um, in that example, I just said, you could say, this is your calling. So mm. where it's just, cause passion obviously communicates a sense of purpose, a uh, sense of love and dedication. So have it be more personal and from like the inside out. So whether that's your calling your sense of purpose, your mission. Um, I mean, that's just a few, a few examples. Um, it really comes down to the individual because I try to make the tone and the language feel natural and authentic mm -hmm. to them as well, which is why when I first start working with the client, I have this questionnaire that I just created in Google Docs. It's just 10, 10 questions. And so that gives me a lot of texture to work with. And then that's why I, I talk to clients at first via video to walk through that. And then I will ask questions specific on their responses. And usually, yes, the content I receive on paper is super helpful. Mm -hmm. But it's in them talking about themselves through those lens of those questions, which are separate from a resume, almost frees them up um, to think about themselves in a, in a, and not as a strict format of here's my experience, mm -hmm. you know, here's my work or my work duties. Mm -hmm. um, and here's my, you know, education. Cause there's definitely a formula, a formula to resumes. Um, but having someone just start talking, they'll tend to naturally not use those words, mm -hmm. uh, which makes it a lot easier. I think for me to just write, like I said, write, write from scratch. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I had a really, really random idea, which you might hate. <laughs> if it doesn't no. go well, we can edit this part out. So you said okay. bios for people. I know yeah. we've known each other for a grand total of 36 minutes. So if you had to write a quick little like couple sentence bio for me, what would it be? I'm curious. Um, well, I would start with thinking about the words that come to mind when just meeting you. I mean, mm -hmm. you're, um, you're extremely approachable, down to earth, uh, charismatic. You use humor as a way to connect with people. You're incredible at summarizing information and picking up on key points that re would resonate with a broader audience. Um, so you have an, an amazing way to relate to people quickly, instantly. Um, you're very skilled at summarizing information, which a lot of people are not, uh, at, that do not excel <laughs> at. I'm not saying that's one of them. Certain, certain I'm things in here, I'm like, this is the scientist in me. And I think you just had this, this warmth that you immediately can tell that you care about what you're doing, you care about your interviewer and you care about your broader audience. Um, and that's really key. Like that sense of warmth um, doesn't come through in a resume, for example. Mm -hmm. And so that would be like my job to make sure that people felt that, um, you know, as they're reading. So, so that partly answers the question. Like I didn't really write a bio for you, but I yeah. just tried to pick up on those things that, that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't necessarily tell me or think, or think that, you know, uh, that you, that, 
that you would think are important for uh, a mm -hmm. document like a resume or online mm -hmm. profile like LinkedIn. I love this because it's like it's I feel like sometimes you need that like this is we just come keep on coming back to us I feel like this is what coaches do like if it's a if it's what I do is I see the patterns in people that they don't necessarily see in themselves and you do something similar you see the qualities and characteristics in somebody in how they work and how they communicate with people and then you use that to engineer content resumes bios whatever reflect that for people and it's like that insight about someone else that they may not necessarily see like you're incredibly intuitive because you hit some aspects of me like right on the head and other aspects I was like I I, I would never describe myself that way thank you um, so that's that's fantastic and I feel like that that's like what you what you offer your clients and in the broader perspective of of this you know, this is, this is the, you said the themes, pull the themes out and summarize information. This, I feel like is the theme today is you mentioned it for yourself is freedom. Um, and how you bring that, I almost feel like whether you know this or not, you bring that freedom to your clients because you free them up from this box perspective of themselves and you give them the ability to break out of that box and to pull in aspects of their personality and aspects of how they work that they may not have known it is it truly is that like freedom in your work and freedom in your life and like you have have created such freedom in your work and life this year and you're bringing that to your clients in this new pivot that you've made so that's that's fantastic and i feel like i feel like we've hit the nail on the head today and i'm super super excited for how this <laughs> interview turned out oh, I have a couple wrap-up questions that I like to ask yeah, of course um, so the first one is do you have a particular book TED talk program whatever resource that you find really helped you along your journey whether it was you know the decision to you know really take life by the horns and do things for yourself or to make this career pivot do you have any particular resource that you really feel like helped you in that um, I mean, I've, I'm a huge fan and will continue to be of all things Brene Brown. Um, the last two interviews, people. Have oh, really? Yes. What <laughs> oh. I, I would like try to think of like an alternate, but well, I mean, Tim Ferriss, I'm reading Tim Ferriss right now, you know, the, the four hour work week. So I'm mm -hmm. in the middle of that. But I think Brene Brown is powerful for me because it's both a personal and professional journey mm -hmm. because I am a, I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist mm -hmm. and her her concepts of being vulnerable and, and not being perfect, I think are just, I mean, life-changing. Mm -hmm. So those continue. I like, I, and I should reread her book. It's been some time, but I definitely think about that. And, you know, we talk about worthiness and readiness and there's so much amazing empowerment in what she writes and just mm -hmm. giving per people permission to um, explore. And it's okay if it's not perfect, um, mm -hmm. as long as you're learning and you're growing and, you're being open um, and creating authentic connections with people. That's really, I think, the, the few tenets that I now live my life on versus striving for a sort of more traditional um, success, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. Love that. Have you ever listened to her, her audio book, The Power of Vulnerability? I have not. Oh, you should. It's my favorite yeah. thing she's done. Like everything she's released is amazing, but The Power of Vulnerability in particular is she's a speaker like that's i think her gift is speaking and it is a recording of a seminar that she did so every time she's on stage storytelling and dropping truth bombs on these people they have the audio of it and it's okay 
amazing. So you should definitely check that one out. That out. <laughs> um, last but not least, you have all of this incredible help to offer to people from the perspective of their careers, their resumes, and just really helping them craft that, that purposeful future career. Where can people find you? Um, well, of course, LinkedIn. I mean, even though they're an old <laughs> client, I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, you know, just Kelly uh, Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D. But also my, my new business is uh, canvasconsultinggroup.com. So where I offer uh, marketing consulting uh, for smaller businesses. But like, I, like you can tell, my real, my real heart is with helping people individually with the coaching aspect. So that's absolutely where people can reach out and get, a, get in touch and then see how I can best help them celebrate their, their true professional amazingness. Beautiful, beautiful professional awesomeness right here. She's going to hook you yes. up. Thank you so much, <laughs> Kelly. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you, Ellen. It was a pleasure. If today's show was interesting to you, let me know. Hop on Instagram at the Growth Tribe Podcast or leave me a review. It truly makes all the difference to hear from you guys. And at the end of the day, you're my tribe. I want to be sure I'm delivering content that you're interested in hearing about. So head on over to all those places where podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and drop a review. And if you're really digging what you're hearing, subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you, my friend, for being a part of the Growth Tribe.